to chapter 6. We've titled the series, We Are Confident of Better Things. We are confident of better things. But if you can see on there, there's also a question mark there. Are you confident of better things in your life? I'm glad some of you are. It's a, and hopefully over these next four weeks, we'll encourage you to be confident of better things for, for spiritual growth, for maturity uh, as a Christian. Wherever you are on your walk with God, wherever you are in terms of how long you've been born again, we are confident of better things. You know, the book of Hebrews was written to, to a group of first century Christians who had suffered. Uh, they'd suffered a lot. Times were hard for those, those particular Jewish Christians. They'd been exposed to fierce persecution, physically assaulted. They'd, their homes had been ransacked and their possessions taken away. They'd been imprisoned. They'd been ridiculed in the street. We can't really identify with that in this country, can we? We, can't, we haven't really got a point of reference. Maybe some from other nations have experienced some of that. But certainly in this nation, we haven't. In, in, in he Hebrews chapter 10, it just runs through some of, the, some of the things they've been through. A little bit later than the passage we're looking at, it says, think back on those early days when you first learned about Christ. Remember how you remained faithful even though it meant terrible suffering. Sometimes you were exposed to public ridicule and were beaten. And sometimes you helped others who were suffering the same things. You suffered along with those who were thrown into jail. And when all you owned was taken from you, you accepted it with joy. You knew there were better things waiting for you that will last forever. The letter to the Hebrews appeals to them to keep the faith. Keep the faith anchored in truth. To maintain confidence in Christ. Amen? and to press on to maturity. And it's the, it's the issue of spiritual maturity that we're going to be looking at um, starting today, really, and, and I'm running into next week, looking dipping into chapter 6 as well. But let me just read the passage that we're going to look at. We're going to look at Hebrews chapter 5, and I'm going to read from verse 11 through to verse 14. It follows on from some teaching about Melchizedek, now, I'm not going to do that right now. Um, there's lots of debate about who Melchizedek was, and now I've intrigued you. You're going to have to go away over dinner and look it all up, right? But suffice to say that, it, that, that the, the, the author is teaching into some, some meaty stuff for the people. And then he gets to this verse in verse 11 of Hebrews chapter 5. He says, there is much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. You've been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skills to recognise the difference between right and wrong. And like I say, next week we're going to look at Hebrews chapter 6, the first few verses there, moving 
moving towards maturity and having an understanding of repentance and faith in God and baptisms and laying on, laying on of hands and resurrection from the dead and eternal judgment. Mature things, if you like. Foundational things, but maturing. But before we ever look at being a maturing Christian, today we're going to look at some of the issues around being a spiritual toddler, if you like. Now, I can't remember what it was like to be a baby or even, or even a toddler to- toddling around. I can hardly remember my own kids as babies, to be honest with you. But, but I do know this, that as you grow up and as you face real life and the problems and pressures and responsibilities of adulthood, you sometimes realise that a baby's got it easy. Right, if you think about it, right, right they get constant Round the clock, 24-hour care. They never have to lift a, fi- lift a finger, do they? It's all done for them. Uh, to do anything, they, you just, they just have to cry a little bit, don't they? And then you're feeding them or changing them. Right? And everyone, everyone's ooing and aahing and isn't he lovelying over the baby. What an easy life, right? It is, isn't it? But we have to grow up. We can't stay there forever, can we? Even though it seems quite nice. Some people are thinking, oh, I wish life was like that now. <laughs> well, it can't be, right? We've got to grow and we've got to mature. You know, we've got to gr- we obviously grow physically and we've got to grow spiritually as well. Jesus uses the analogy of, of a birth and a baby when he talks about us becoming a Christian, doesn't he? You must be born again, he says. Right? So, so... With, with, with me, I was born physically in February 1959. You don't look that old, Paul. No, I know. <laughs> I was born in February 1959. I was born again as a Christian in April 1984. I'm not the same now as I was in 1959, as you can see. <laughs> And I'm also not the same now as I was in in 1984. I'd like to think things have changed in my Christian life, in my understanding. I I didn't didn't know nothing. I knew enough to say, Jesus, I've given you my life. I knew enough that he forgave me and made me clean, wiped away the past and promised me a new life with him and a home in heaven. I knew that bit. But there was so much more. That was the milk, if you like. The spiritual baby greedily glugging down the spiritual milk. But you can't stay there, can you? That was however long ago now, 31 years ago. A year longer than you, John. We mature, don't we? We grow and we we need to be doing that. We should all be growing and maturing as Christians together. That's what the church is about, in part at least, in community, where we can encourage one another, where we can bear with one another, we can strengthen one another, we can hold up one another's arms in prayer, as we've heard recently. But we need to grow and we need to mature as God's people. Let's, let's look through s- some of the verses of this passage. Right at the beginning, verse 11 of that bit I read where the writer says there's much more we would like to say about this, but it's difficult to explain. 
especially since you are spiritually dull and don't seem to listen. God, mate, a bit harsh. But a sign of spiritual infancy is when we don't let things that are said to us have an impact on our lives, allow them to change our lives. We hear, but we don't hear. You know what I mean? Right? We take no notice of what God is saying to us, and we don't put it into practice. Maybe it's because it's too difficult, it seems too hard for us, you know, I'm not really there, but we don't do it. So being a spiritual toddler or a spiritual infant can mean only hearing what we want to hear. You know, the nice bits and rejecting the bits we don't like you know so as a little kid you know and and maybe this was you as well you know you don't want to go to bed do you right when you're a little kid and you're up and you're playing and you yeah so I can remember playing out in the garden and over my next door neighbors and my mother calling me Paul it's bedtime I heard it but I didn't hear it I wasn't going to go in because I was enjoying myself I was doing what I wanted to do I was playing with my mates right so, if she'd called out, Paul, do you want a bar of chocolate? I would have responded, wouldn't I? Much more likely, anyway. Right? So, you choose to hear things. Right? And there are Christians who don't want to hear things that they're not so keen on. They're, they're, they're shaped by the culture of the time and the age we live in and, the, and, and where we live. And... You know, and that's been our influence up to the day we become Christians. So when we do become Christians, some of that can still hang around. And we don't like certain things that the Word of God speaks to us clearly, as God speaks through the Bible. You know, I've seen Christians just cock a deafen to all sorts of things. Right? Think, it, it, enduring hardship. Don't like the idea of that, do you? But we're encouraged to endure hardship like good soldiers, aren't we? You know? The whole issue of biblical authority and leadership in this independent age we live in, people struggle sometimes. Who's he to tell me what to do? Well, you could argue he's anointed of God and he has the authority of God delegated to him. But we struggle with those things, right? What about sexual purity? Really, in this day and age? Do you think, don't you think the Bible's outmoded now? People don't want to hear certain things, right? What about suffering for Christ? <laughs> wow. This is heavy stuff, isn't it? It's mature stuff. It's not for babies, but we don't want to stay babies. And I'm not having a go at those who have been born again, because you are, like I was in 1984, you are a spiritual baby. You need the milk. But we're on... We're, we're progressing, aren't we? We're maturing. Because those things aren't easy that I've just looked through, and, 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 and we sometimes we don't want to hear them. But listen, we've got to move on to maturity. We need to hear those things. We need to wrestle with the truth. And we can't do that very well in isolation, I believe. We need to do that in, uh, in community, which is why we stress over and over again, connect communities and connect groups. We, are, we shouldn't be doing this stuff in isolation, should we? You ought to be teaching others instead of being taught. We're encouraged at the beginning of verse 12. You have been believers so long now that you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. This 
doesn't mean we're all going to be platform preachers. God forbid. Right? But we should all be maturing to the point that we can explain the, the, tr the basic truths of the gospel to our family and friends and colleagues. We should be able to speak truth to one another in love based on what the authority of Scripture. And, and, and it's a constant, constant journey of maturing and traveling. So one year you'll be saying, saying one thing, the next year you, hopefully you'll understand more and you'll be able to speak in, into someone's life with a bit more understanding. But we should be constantly maturing and able to teach others. Not, not well, I don't know. I don't know what you should be doing. You do what you want. What does the Bible say? I don't know. Let's wrestle with it. This is not about academic achievement. Some people struggle with books and some people struggle with reading. We mature at, the pace, at our own pace, if you like, at the pace God has sort of got for us, but we should be maturing. You know, even if you're not a reader, we've said it before from this stage, if you're not a reader, you can now get apps for your phone where people read the Bible to you. In fact, you can get it for free. And get that great actor David Suchet reading the New International Version of the Bible to you. It's fantastic, isn't it? For nothing. So don't say, oh, I can't, I don't, I'm not a reader, I can't read, I haven't got my glasses, or any of those things. Put him on the phone and just listen to him then. Let the word of God get come to you. There's something about grasping Bible truth in a corporate setting. Even here today, when we've heard what God has done for people's lives, it's just been good to share the emotion of that, isn't it? And when we come together week by week in, in this context and in our connect groups, just to, to wrestle with the word of God and, and contribute and question and discuss and apply. This is not about somebody sitting alone with, with a Bible, with, with an exam at the end of it. This is practical. This is... This is uh, to be applied to our lives. If we don't apply it to our lives, even if we know ev every word that's written in there, we don't apply it, what a waste of time that is. Maturity is living this out, isn't it? You know, even this letter that we've took a, an excerpt from would have been read out to these Hebrew Christians in a group context. That's how they would have initially received it, and it's made its way into the canon of scripture into the bible um but the, the culture the culture that was read into would, would have been largely illiterate with, with an oral tradition of listening and telling you know hearing stories and hearing things uh, imparted and uh, so you there's that whole i can't stress enough that corporate thing that we're together and we live in a very independent society don't we well, it's all about what I can do and my achievement and me at the expense of others. You put them down for your good. The church is countercultural, and we need to understand that that we can we can mature together as the body of Christ. The second half of verse twelve to the end really talks about milk and solids. It talks. It says you're like babies who need milk and cannot eat solid food. For someone who lives on milk is still an infant and doesn't know how to do what is right. Solid food is for those who are mature, who through training have the skill to recognize the difference between right and wrong. In this passage, you'll get the idea that 
those who never grow up spiritually by implication will continue to act like babies in the nursery. You know, you can't turn your back on them for a minute, can you? You can't, you can't right? They need constant monitoring, constant care for their own protection and for their own good, for the, uh, you know, for the good of everyone else, actually. Think, where's the baby gone? Oh, no, don't let him touch that. Quick! Right? Some haven't learned the difference between right and wrong. Right? That's, the, that's been applied to believers. Can you see we need to be maturing? It, you know, the people who are spiritually immature, we need to be constantly moving on. And it's not a criticism, it's not having a go at where you are now, it's just looking at things, right, wh- where I am now, I don't want to be this time next year. I want to be more mature, I want to I, I, I be more under- have more understanding. It isn't to condemn those who are spiritually immature, especially if you're new Christians, where you should be spiritually mature. That's the very nature of it, right? You know, all of us have to grow in God, as long as we are growing. Those who are newborn babes in Christ are expected to be spiritually immature, aren't they? Right? You don't expect, you know, your newborn baby that you've just brought home from hospital and laid in those nice, soft, white sheets to get up in the morning, make their bed, go and prepare their own breakfast before you change their nappy, do you? Right? They're dependent. That's the nature of it. Right? But you don't want them to be dependent forever. You don't want to be changing their nappy when they're 17 years old, do you? Right? Those who have been Christians for any length of time should be showing signs of development. So this is a challenge for us all. And particularly for those who have been Christians a fair while, are you still developing? Are you still maturing? Are you still hungry for more of God? Are you still do you still want are you still excited by the Bible? Do you look forward to going to spend time with God in prayer individually and corporately? Or have you just got a little bit blase about it? Just a little bit laid back. Be careful you don't revert back to being a baby again. Right? Now babies are cute, aren't they? They're huggable and lovable, you know, and in these days of social media, I saw one of my grandchildren saying, saying his first words on, he'd been filmed and put on, put on Instagram to, for all to see. Dad, 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 isn't that nice? If he was just saying dad, dad, dad in 10 years time, I'd be worried, right? But babies are cute. But anyone who still acts like a baby after they've grown a few years are looked upon very differently, aren't they? So the older we get, the more offensive it gets to still be acting like a baby, right? So a newborn baby sucking on his mum's bottle is cute and natural. Bottle, I said. That newborn baby sucking on that feeding bottle Ah, if that was a 35-year-old man with a beard and a beer belly sucking on that that bottle, you'd be worried. In fact, it's just weird, isn't it? (laughs) Right? We don't want that. That's not how it should be. Right, bitty. Right, (laughs) we 
we, we all have to <laughs> we all have to go through sorry I've distracted you haven't I we all have to go through periods of growth spiritually right just as we do physically but no one ever becomes a man or woman by missing out the adolescent years sadly Right? You know, we, 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 if only it'd be that easy to go from childhood to adulthood, but it's not. Sometimes we wish they would skip them, wouldn't we? You know, when the hormones rage and the moods swing, right? And the attitude is just an attitude, right? But it can't be done. And actually going through the rough times and the, f- the formative and learning years are an essential part of our life. Because they shape our character, don't they? It's how we are in the midst of that and the lessons we learn in the midst of that that will affect us for years to come. You know, even so, there are too many who seem to choose to stay in nursery school or in the playpen instead of moving on to bigger and better, more mature things. You know, milk is great for babies, but it provides limited nourishment for adults. Milk might just about keep you alive, but don't be someone who is content to just have enough to survive, because there's so much more. There's a banquet put before us, and we've got a long time to feast on it, to enjoy it. To, be, let, to allow it to change us. Can we, I mean, we've been talking in a constant sort of analogy through the whole sermon, haven't we? But have you got what we're trying to say here? Right? You know, milk might be easier to swallow. And again, when, your feet, when you first start moving a baby onto solids, and there'll be some people in the room who know this, the babies don't like it, do they? they it's been, what are you putting in my mouth here? I don't want this, I want the milk again. But we know as parents that it's essential for their growth to move them, to wean them from milk and put them onto solids. And it doesn't happen, you know, you're not going from milk to, to rare roast beef in a day. There, there's a process, isn't there? But nonetheless, we, we know where we're going with this. So we move, and that's, that should be us. We move it, we're on a process. From the moment we are born again, our spiritual development should continue and continue and continue, even if it is harder to swallow at first. You know, some things in serving Christ are more difficult. And when we face those difficult things, there may be the temptation to revert back. I used to like it in the nursery school. He just played. That's not the way forward. It's not the way to go. And you know what? No one's an immediate success at anything anyway, are they? You know, some have a slightly better natural ability at some things, but no one is an overnight sensation and perfectly formed in every way. Right? We have to work at it. How many, somebody remind me how many thousands of hours one needs to be an expert at something. Is it 10,000? 10,000 hours is reckoned. If you put 10,000 hours into a given discipline, by the end of 10,000 hours, you'll be an expert. doesn't happen overnight. Right? You know, what's the saying? If at first you don't succeed, 
Try, try again. Keep going. Keep working. And we're not doing this alone. We're doing this with the anointing of the Holy Spirit on us. And we're doing it in the context of a community of people who love us and stand with us and will support us. Maturity is essential. You know, people that are skilled in the Bible are those who apply the Bible to their lives. And the reason maturity is essential is somewhere in your life you will have to use biblical principles to survive and to thrive, right? You'll have to use uh, uh, biblical principles to, to live life well. It doesn't just happen. And another reason maturity is essential, you know, th- those lovely, cute babies you are feeding with that bottle, right, are cute and lovely and cuddly and nice, but actually... A young baby in the midst of warfare is a liability. We need mature believers working together. We need to grow to the next level, whatever that might be for you. You know, it might be that you're moving from milk to rusks soaked in milk. <laughs> it might be you're, 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 you've, you've taken the stabilizers off your bike and it's the first wobbly attempts at riding a bike imagine you know that with your kids or even yourself you you remember the first time you got you kept going on two wheels what an achievement but you're going to move from that little diddy bike at some stage and you're going to be on a much bigger bike and then you might be a bit wobbly again you think oh can i only put my feet on the ground you learn some more there's maturing and there's maturing and we mature again through the word of god amongst other things You know, we live in a society where there's no clarity now, is there? There's no, this is wrong and this is right. That's that's what society says. We know there is wrong and right. But we don't let society shape us, that everything's a shade of grey. Right? There's no black or white. There's no no white or wrong. That's what society says. We, We have people saying, everything's okay, it's all right. You can do that. You're not hurting anyone. And if we're immature, we can hear those things and begin to apply them to our lives. That's where the Word of God is our safeguard, where the Word of God says, no, no, actually, the Word of God completely disagrees with that worldview that we're living amongst. So where do we go? A mark of maturity, we go with where God says. We go with what, with, with what God instructs us. Right? And we, we, we need to grow in God so that we'll have clear discernment in, in a deceptive world. So to conclude, we must realise that spiritual maturity is not an option, it's essential. Right? And as parents, we all face those, the same emotions as we watch our children grow up. We see, you know, and even when you're looking back and you're, you're clearing out a cupboard or something like that and you find a, their favourite toy that they've left when they went off to get married and it just brings a tear to the eye. It does, doesn't it? You think back, you think, oh, weren't they lovely then and wasn't life nice? You know, or we look at a picture of them, you know, playing football, his first football match at eight or nine years old. You think, oh, weren't that great? Right? Sometimes we wish we could stop time and let them stay the way they are. But actually, as parents, 
We want to bring up our children to be strong, confident, God-fearing adults who can make their own way in the world. And God wants that for us. He wants strong, confident, mature believers who are making their own way in the world, not in isolation, in community, taking his light to where he directs them, listening to his voice as he speaks, and the primary way he speaks to us is through the scriptures, and doing what he says. As we finish, I just want to encourage you to do something very practical in response to this little talk. In your connect groups, and incidentally, if you're not in a connect group, can I encourage you very much to be in one? And if you're not, you can speak to someone at the information desk at the back of the hall after the service and just fill in one of them forms and say, I want to be in a connect group after what Paul Brown's just said. But in your connect groups, why not set some goals for growth amongst yourselves? Agree them amongst yourselves. Go to, go to your friends and say, look, I, I want to do, I, I need to grow mat- in maturity in this. I, I really don't have much understanding. I don't, know, I don't have much understanding of the Old Testament. C- can you encourage me? Oh, that's just an example. It could, be, it could be anything. But we can encourage one another and be accountable to one another in that context. And so this time next year, you'll be in a very different place. You know, I'm, I'm just under six foot tall, right? The same as I was when I left school. You know, I haven't grown in height in 40 years. Let's make sure that doesn't happen to us in the spirit. Amen. Amen. I'm just going to pray for us as City Hope Church. Lord, thank you for gathering us, such a diverse group of people, uh, physically old and young. We've got got male and female and rich and poor and black and white and many, many nations represented, but we are one body. We've got people who have been Christians a matter of months and we've got people who have been Christians for decades. But Lord, I pray that every single one of us here would continue in maturity. We'd continue to grow. We'd continue to allow allow your word to shape us, even if it is totally counter to the way the world says. And Lord, move City Hope Church on. We've prayed for numerical growth, but I also pray for for, uh, maturity growth, to grow in maturity. And Lord, you would use us more and more effectively to bring glory to you, to honor you, and to shine your light into the darkest recesses of the communities we come into contact with. I pray that all in Jesus' wonderful name. Amen. Amen. We're finished there.